Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Sunday for August 12th, 2018. Koyukobose here. So very, very glad you joined us right in the middle of August. <laughs> you know, I wanted to mention something. Um, Adrian's sister, Amy, uh, came for a visit yesterday. Uh, she's still here, but she's going to be going back right after breakfast today on Sunday morning. Um, and she lives about uh, several hours drive away up north in the Bay Area in Palo Alto, and um, she stopped by for a visit, and uh, she came in with a bouquet of flowers in her hand, (laughs) sunflowers, pretty good size uh, uh, sunflower heads, maybe about five inches in diameter or so, and uh, I didn't say anything, but I was thinking to myself, oh, I, I love sunflowers, um, <clears throat> you know, and the reason is I have so many associations with sunflowers. Um, they're called sunflowers because the the whole flower follows the sun as it moves across the sky. And... Um, <clears throat> I have a personal relationship to that concept because my name, Koyo, that my father gave me my Dharma name, uh, Ko, K-O, is, means to face towards, and Yo, Y-O, is the physical sun or, you know, the, the bright dawn. <laughs> so when the dawn comes, it's only natural, Okay. Oh, we face toward the sun. Here it comes over the horizon. Bam, that that light. Bam, you know, there's something primal there. You you have to face the sun. And, of course, being a Dharma name, the sun signifies light, wisdom, the teachings. So I always consider myself, even though I may not be able to attain or reach the teachings completely, the least I could do is face toward 
the teachings. Face my life toward the teachings. Okay, keep going. Um, now I was thinking that um, you know all plants, <clears throat> their leaves are what face the sun. You know, if you put a, a plant <clears throat> in a window or something, all the leaves <laughs> eventually start to face so that they can get the maximum light for photosynthesis and this is a a natural tendency a tropism Uh, and to face the light means phototropic okay Uh, photo means of course light and so plants all do this and of course the sunflower especially with the whole flower (laughs) moving like that and um, my name, Koyo, and I term, new term, based upon uh, biological or nature's tropisms, you know, tendency toward, okay. There's hydrotropism, that's where the roots go toward water, okay. Uh, there's all kind of uh, tropisms in life, different forms of life. So I thought, well, gee, with the Dharma, why don't we coin the term Dharma Tropic? This means our natural tendency to face toward the Dharma. Yeah, that's, I think, a goal of our lay ministry program is to develop this tropism. Okay? I think it, it, it lies kind of hidden in all our lives. Okay? We need a little encouragement. It's not like the tropism of plants where they don't need to learn that or develop it. Boom, those leaves follow. It's a strong, you know, nature tropism. And I don't think that these tendencies are, are, are dominant in us humans. Okay, We've been conditioned through other powerful factors, social conditioning and the environment we're in. Okay, But it's still there, underlying within our lives. And with a little more awareness, a little bit more mindfulness, we can say, hey, the Dharma's all around, and uh, this is how I want to elevate my spiritual life, is to see the Dharma everywhere. Huh? You know? And it, it requires an attitude. Okay? And that's what our lay, lay program is designed to do through repetition, week by week, giving Dharma glimpses, uh, responding to other people's Dharma glimpses that are given, seeing the personal personal teachings and the readings, okay? to always personalize the teachings. It's not, uh, the, the purpose is not to just study the teachings in a scholarly way, which is, of course, valuable, okay? but spiritually, personally, okay, making them part of your own bones, so to speak. Okay? And the result can be, after our two years in our program, they develop a dharmatropic nature. <laughs> they start to see the dharma everywhere. They realize this and they get the full benefit okay, of the light facing facing the sun. 
<laughs> so I just thought I mentioned that. Plus, afterwards, uh, I want to Google Richie Havens. I think I, I'd like to hear his song, Here Comes the Sun. Uh, that'll be nice to do. And I'll, and I'll end with a comment on my sunflower story. <laughs> this is a funny private family story where mm, maybe uh, <clears throat> oh, several years ago, I planted some sunflowers. I think they're from Martha Stewart, maybe. I don't know. But I planted them in my garden area along the fence. And boy, they grew great. I had about four or five, and they grew about, oh, I'd, I'd say at least 10 feet high. And those sunflowers, they were maybe over a foot in diameter, flower heads. And in fact, uh, they were so imposing that Adrian took a picture of me standing in front of these, about, you know, in the... Three of them were especially big. And then a few days after that, I went into the garden and all my sunflower heads were gone. And I looked at the, at the stem and it was just like cut off with a sharp, well, I don't know what kind of teeth did that. but And the strange thing was the heads were, there was no debris. There was no... Nothing underneath the plant. The heads just disappeared. There were no remnants of sunflower seeds or leaves or anything on the ground around these plants. Now, I don't know if it was a squirrel or a raccoon or whatever, but they took it home. They really <laughs> faced the sun, faced the <laughs> saw that big, big old thing and said, oh, boy. Okay. And you know how popular sunflowers are for a lot of animals. They love that, you know, full of really good meat inside of a sunflower. So she, we took a picture of that, and then we had a before and after, and that's one of the mysteries. Okay. Well, I want to introduce our guest today to give us a Dharma glimpse. This is Paul Toyo, and he's part of our LM2 group. And uh, he was, uh, for a long time, a higher education, uh, in higher education as a teacher and uh, a longtime resident in Missouri. And just recently, he and his wife, uh, they moved at when they, upon retirement to Virginia to be closer to grandchildren. In fact, Charlottesville. <laughs> so he had a pretty good welcome there. Charlottesville, of course, was where University of Virginia is, and it's a very liberal town. Okay, so uh, it's not really representative of those recent news events that took place there. Even more newsworthy because of that. So let's hear from Paul Toyo. Hello, good morning. This is uh, Paul Toyo. Uh, I am uh, calling to uh, pro provide my uh, Dharma glimpse for um, uh, August 12th, 2017, 2018. Um, the title of my Dharma glimpse is Oneness, Unity. A year ago, the residents of Charlottesville, Virginia, as well as the nation, in fact the world, were shocked to see live coverage of a weekend rally promoting one race 
over another, with violence promoted and invited by the people sponsoring the rally. The rally was based on a binary definition of race, promoting an artificial division of humans according to fundamentally and provably false statements about the superiority of one group and the inferiority of another. As newcomers to the city, we are learning about many deep and often invisible but real wounds inflicted on residents by this event last year, marred by violence and the death of an innocent bystander. In anticipation of the coming weekend, and apparently to make up for last year's very evident inactions by authorities, this weekend has witnessed effectively the imposition of martial law on the downtown area of the city. Some people told us they favored heading downtown to lend their body this weekend's showing of solidarity, while others cautioned us to stay home and stay away from possible violence. It was unsettling to experience seeing such a massive official presence. As it happened today, my wife and I took our customary two-mile morning hike up the trail to Thomas Jefferson's Monticello, consciously and silently expressing our gratitude for the lovely nature that surrounds us and this whole area. We chose to admire the myriad small and large natural catastrophes that befall a forested area, rather than the man-made ones that create chaos and havoc downtown. There are sufficient little, largely unnoticed births and deaths in the forest to be both celebrated and mourned. Magnificent tall trees embodying fierce competition for light and water. The one in a million saplings nurtured by parent trees as one of those fortunately, sorry, is one of those fortuitously planted, planted, placed for a long life. Down limbs and trees and the upturned roots of century trees. Insects and other creatures burning and dying invisibly along and under the trail. Runoff water on its long way to Chesapeake Bay as one of a billion drops of water. The non-dualism of nature enriches me daily, hourly, and minutely. How important the differences can seem, but how trivial compared to the incredible oneness of which we are part. May we recognize our unity and celebrate its many faces. Thank you, and may it be so. Thank you very much. Gee, I didn't know what he was going to talk about, but nice dovetail in with uh, my introduction of him moving to Charlottesville. And yeah, this these kind of events really make us pause about social issues. You know, the realities of society, things going on in society and so forth, um, clarify our own values. It could, you know, rearrange our priorities. It's a a very uh, engaged, uh, you know, uh, for one's own spiritual practice and life. Uh, How do we relate to what's going on around us? Okay. Now I remember some associations that came into my mind. Um, there was a very famous uh, Nazi march in Skokie. Okay. This is what gave Skokie a national, international uh, 
presence in the news because uh, Skokie was a, is a suburb just north of Chicago, and um, Adrian and I and our family we moved to Skokie, and we lived in there there for over twenty years. By that time, the uh, Jewish population. Uh, had spread out more into the northern suburbs, but it's still maybe it was close to 50% okay, Jewish uh, background people there. Um, and in fact, uh, the Nazi march, um, white supremacist march, uh, the historic one, still had its roots, I think, in association with Skokie. And about, uh, I don't know the, the years now, but many, several decades after that original Nazi march, some uh, alt-right groups wanted to hold a rally in Skokie. Okay, I don't think it was an accident that they decided to do that in Skokie, and they held an event on the courthouse steps. You know, there's a constitutional right of assembly and so forth. So they take advantage of this in the United States. Okay. Uh, it's not like certain groups are prohibited, okay, based upon some kind of autocratic or public government. Okay. That's the price we 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 have in democratic democratic society. Okay. Um and so what did the community, you know, do? The government officials, they said, well, they had an all-lawful uh, permit application and everything, so they had the event. And uh, the community wanted to somehow respond. And what they did was they had a pro-diversity event held in the local high school gymnasium. And they and uh, well, uh, the community was invited there, and I was there, and other clergy were there too. And the beginning remarks wanted to point out that this was not in protest or reaction to what the Nazi groups stood for, uh, but we wanted it not to be uh, the, the promoters of this event not to be in reaction to what they stood for, but what we stood for, okay? Uh, not against, but what we're for, okay? The diversity and pluralism, okay, in the community. And indeed, for some reason, Skokie evolved into a very multicultural population living in there. And in fact, when we first moved there, uh, we kind of, we didn't know what what neighborhood or area we would want to live in. And so we sort of, Adrian and I visited several uh, junior high schools because our two boys were of that age. And we visited one school and, you know, we got a, got a little tour of the school and the principal was telling us, um, the ethnic background makeup of his student population. And he said, uh, if you walk around in our school, you could hear about 
two dozen different languages being spoken. We're, we call ourselves the United Nations <laughs> type of a school. And um, so Skokie uh, evolved in terms of its uh, community and population representing you know so many different ethnic groups. And I have to chuckle because there was one at this rally that we had in the gymnasium, you know, different community leaders spoke and one congresswoman spoke and she said she very enthusiastically she shouted, she says, You you outright demonstrate you you know, have your rally. You know something? Skokie is your worst nightmare. I remember, you know, that really brought the place down. But we really knew that because we were residents and lived so long in Skokie. And indeed, it was full of diversity and pluralism in the ethnic background of its community residents. And so healthy, so healthy, huh? You know, that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time. Keep going, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you.